Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibb, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest on Kelly Ripa, Bruce Willis, Sharon Osbourne, Rihanna, Lil Wayne, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. GTG, BRB, OMW, be there in a few. You may think that these kinds of texts are fine because of their links, and you can easily send them at a stoplight. But no, answering one text can take your attention away from the road for five seconds. And traveling at 55 miles an hour, that's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Make a decision. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking a question. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibb, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. That's 347-637-2656. Six five six and press the number one. Also, like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Go to facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at thatsentertain1. That's T-H-A-T-S. Entertain in the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at stiletto14. That's stiletto like the high heel shoe. S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O and the number 14. And you can also follow me on Instagram at tjonesgibbs. Right now, the current temperature in the end why is a sunny 69 degrees. Before I get started with the show today, I'd like to give a shout out to all my listeners out there. Thank you for once again for tuning in and joining me here on this Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday morning or late Wednesday afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for tuning in and hanging out with me and, uh, as always, showing your love and support. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Kelly Ripa. Uh, you know the host of Live with Regis and Kelly. Uh, she is has a new book out, and she talks about her former co-host, uh, Regis Philbin. Uh, in the uh, book, she talks about how her relationship with the former co-host was very complicated. I'll give you the details why she said that. Also, Bruce Willis could be sharing a screen with Marilyn Monroe. I'll tell you what, there's going to be some magic in uh, AI as far as Hollywood goes. And uh, Sharon Osbourne said that being fired from the talk 
was being was after she was being branded a racist destroyed her credibility in America. I'll tell you what she meant by that. And Rihanna uh, has a long list of A-listers as potential collaborators for the Super Bowl halftime show. And uh, Lil Wayne is being honored by the National Museum of African American Music with his own exhibit for his 40th birthday. So that's just the start of what we got in store for you. So how has everybody been? Hope your week has been great so far. Uh, As usual, um, you know, we are starting a new time slot here on Block Talk Radio. Usually we broadcast at 1 p.m. Eastern. Well, we got a new time slot. We're going to be broadcasting at 3 p.m. starting uh, today. So uh, if you are used to uh, tuning in around 1 p.m., just come in two hours later at 3 p.m. That's our new time slot here on Blog Talk Radio. So let's get started. Uh, Kelly Ripa is looking back at her complicated relationship with former co-host Regis Philbin. The actress and TV host recounts her early days on Live with Regis and Kelly in her book, Live Wire, Long-Winded Short Stories. Now, according to Ripa, the excerpt about Philbin was the hardest chapter to write. Between 2001 and 2011, when she co-hosted a popular talk show with Philbin, there were good and bad days. Ripper tells people in the cover story, story published yesterday on, Mon- I'm sorry, on Monday, she said, quote, I don't want to feel like I'm slamming anyone or that I'm being disrespectful, but I also want people to know it was not a cakewalk. It took years to earn my place there and earn things that are routinely given to the men I work with, including an office and a place to put my computer. Unquote. Now, following the departure of Philbin's former co-host, Kathy Lee Gilford, Ripper agents called her with an offer to co-host. By that time, she had already served as a guest co-host three times and was told repeatedly that the ABC program was not looking for someone permanent. The offers came with a warning, according to Ripper. They wanted her to know who's the boss, referring to the late Philbin, and Ripper said that it was very ominous and it did not feel good. Now, Ripper recalls an exchange with Philbin, noting that the show didn't want her bringing an entourage. Uh, she said that she came there with hair and makeup. It was not an unusual thing for people on a, a television show to show up with. She said moments before she walked on stage, Philbin greeted her and executive producer Michael Gelman with, like, she was like, uh-oh, Gelman, he got an entourage. Now, he was probably trying to be funny, but at the same time, it felt like a pile on. She said that she understood that probably he didn't want a co-host, but the network wanted her to be the co-host and didn't think that she should pass up that opportunity. She said, I don't think it was fair to him, but it was also not fair to me. Now, despite the rough times, Ripper looked back at her time with Philbin, who died uh, in July of 2020 at the age of 88 with fondness. Ripper said off camera and outside that building that it was a different thing. She said that, quote, the handful of times they spent together was sheer joy. She went to, sa- to the same resort once on vacation, and he came to dinner, that she, well, a dinner party that she had hosted. And she said it was one of her, her favorite nights of her life. She said she never laughed so hard. Livewire, long-winded short stories, is out today. 
And Bruce Willis could share screens with Marilyn Monroe in a Hollywood blockbuster with the magic of artificial intelligence. After stepping away from acting earlier this year after being diagnosed with alphasia, a condition that affects language and speech, the diehard star has become the first Hollywood star to sell his rights to the tech firm Deep Cake, allowing his moving and talking image to be used in film and TV. Thanks to the advanced technology, movie actors past and present are now able to star on screen together as revealed in a new documentary, Tech to the Future. The groundbreaking deal paved the way for dead performers to be brought back to life with Bruce starring in a Russian phone advert with engineering attaching his digital created head to a human body double. The documentary director, Sandro Manetti, has argued that the development could change Hollywood forever as DK aims to become the biggest global talent agency. Sharon Osbourne said being fired from the talk after being branded a racist destroyed her credibility in America. The 69-year-old star left the program last year following a heated on-air exchange about race with co-star Cheryl Underwood after Sharon defended her pal, Pierre Morgan over comments he made about Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex. And Sharon had addressed the scandal in the four-part Fox Nation documentary series, Sharon Osbourne to Hell and Back, which aired this past Monday, September 26. She said her axing from the CBS program has sabotaged her chances of finding work in the U.S., she said that, quote, we weren't dealing with a company that runs, you know, religious programming. This company is like every other, ruthless, and we will do whatever they have to do to not have any stains on their network. They don't want anything that's going to rock the boat, unquote. Now, when asked if she contemplated suing the network, Sharon told uh, Yahoo Entertainment, quote, sure, I could have, but do I want to waste two, three years of my life on them? No, I don't want to do that. For what? And when quizzed on whether she was paid after being let go, she claimed she got nothing. Now, Sharon now works on the talk in the U.K. on talk TV with Pierce, and she and her husband, Ozzy Osbourne, are moving back to their homeland. And as well as the show, the manager is also busy with projects for her rocker husband. She teased that she's working on an Ozzy movie, which is coming out through Sony Pictures. Right now we have here uh, 14 minutes after the hour. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibb, where every Wednesday between 3 to 4 p.m. I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more about it, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, we have a Facebook page. Uh, follow us, like our page, go to facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio, follow us on Twitter at thatsentertain1, that's T-H-A-T-S, entertain, and the number one, you can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14, and you can also follow me on Instagram at T Jones Gibbs. that's T-J-O-N-E-S-D-I-B-B-S. And if you're not a registered listener here on Block Talk Radio, go ahead and register, it's free, all you have to do is log in, give yourself a username, and not only you get to listen to my show here on the network, but you get to listen to other shows as well, everything from politics, science, business, entertainment, social issues, and more. So just log on to blogtalkradio.com, register as a listener. It's free. 
Uh, Rihanna uh, said that she just, well, it was just revealed that she's getting ready to headline the 2023 Super Bowl halftime show. The Umbrella Hipmaker shared the excitement announcement on Sunday, September 25th, by posting a photo of herself holding an NFL-branded football on Instagram. The NFL itself also confirmed the news by retweeting a post by Rock Nation that featured the same photo which Riri had shared. It says, let's go. The label and management company captioned the post. Now, Apple Music, which has replaced Pepsi as a sponsor, added in on its own tweet saying, it's on. Rihanna will take the stage for the first ever Apple Music Super Bowl halftime show on February 12, 23. It also added the hashtag SBLV11 at NFL and at NFL on Fox and at Rock Nation. Now, Rihanna, who welcomed her first child with ASAP Rocky back in May, is scheduled to perform at the Spectacular Spectacular on uh, February 12, 2023. It will uh, take place at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, and air live on Fox. The announcement arrived just days after rumors suggested that Taylor Swift was tapped as the Super Bowl uh, 52 halftime show performer. However, uh, TMZ reported that the all-too-well hitmaker turned down the offer. Now, sources with direct knowledge told the outlet that Taylor was approached by Super Bowl bosses a month ago, but she said she didn't want to perform until she finished re-recording all of her, fir- uh, her first six albums. Now, the Grammy-winning pop star has been re-releasing re-recorded versions of her earlier albums because this will allow her to own the song's original recordings. Now, as for Pepsi Super Bowl uh, 51 halftime show, it features performances from Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. 50 Cent also made a surprise appearance at SoFi Stadium, while Anderson Pack showed up to play the drums while Eminem performed Lose Yourself. And speaking of Rihanna, she has a long list of A-listers as potential collaborators for her Super Bowl halftime show. The uh, Beijing songstress is said to be mulling over a list of 50 possible guest artists to hit the stage with her during the coveted gig. Now, according to TMZ, which claimed to have received juicy tidbits from sources with direct knowledge of the production, the only girl in the world singer is considering everyone she had collaborated with over the years to possibly appear with her. The long list reportedly includes the likes of Kanye West, Drake, Jay-Z, Paul McCartney, Calvin Harris, as well as Pharrell Williams, among other names. As of now, Ree has not made final decision on who will join her on stage, though it's stressed that she will have the final say on the matter. There's also a chance that she may go solo without a, without a guest, though it's likely that she will have at least one guest artist to join her like other performances in the previous years. Meanwhile, Rihanna has returned to the studio after news of her Super Bowl headlining gig was announced. She was spotted hitting a studio in New York City with her boyfriend, ASAP Rocky, on Monday night, September 26th, possibly to record new music or prepare for the big game. And Little Wayne is being honored by the National Museum of African American Music with his very own exhibit for his 40th birthday. According to the official press release, the M. The NMAAM in Nashville will host an event for the students to engage with artifacts provided by Wheezy. Attendees will see items such as the rapper's rap album of the year, Grammy, BET IM Hip Hop Award, his handwritten letter from Rikers Island, and an original The Block 
is hot CD. Students attending the exhibit will also hear Wayne speak virtually and live music. Furthermore, there will be an interactive engagement where students can record themselves reciting Little Wayne lyrics in the uh, National Museum of African American Music rap booth. Additionally, attendees will also be treated to a live stream lecture organized by a slew of Vanderbilt professors. The live stream lecture will focus on Little Wayne's story career delivered by professors, and um, and also as part of the special topics in humanities, Dr. King to Little Wayne. Now, Dwayne Michael Carter Jr. has been the first hip-hop artist to support the museum and donate his accolades and signature items for educational use in the exhibit. Mr. Carter spoke about the new exhibit, expressing his gratitude for the gesture. As a matter of fact, uh, Wheezy's birthday is on September 27th, which was yesterday. Diddy is uh, facing uh, some legal action from a woman claiming to be Kim's Porter niece. According to TMZ, the 52-year-old legal name, Sean Combs, is being sued by an unidentified person who claims she was wrongfully terminated by the hip-hop veteran. Referred to as Jane Doe, the, the, uh, the acclaimant alleged that Diddy, TriStar Sports, and other entities fired her from work when she revealed she wasn't pregnant. No, revealed she was pregnant. Now, a role claims she was hired to serve as a full-time nanny to Diddy's twin daughters, Delilah Star Combs and Jesse James Combs, after their mother, Kim Porter, tragically passed away in November of 2018. After working for two years, she claimed she was fired after requesting maternal leave shortly before the time off was set to begin. Now, according to her account, a rep for the Bad Boy Records founder informed her she was fired for being pregnant and unmarried, an alleged bad example for Diddy's teenage daughters. A spokesperson representing Diddy provided a statement to the tabloid asserting, quote, this lawsuit is meritless, shakedown to extort money from Mr. Combs. The statement continues to identify the former nanny as a woman named Raven, saying there is no basis for her to remain anonymous. It also explained Diddy's side of the story, detailing how Doe transitioned out of what was always meant to be a temporary role was planned out before her pregnancy. Additionally, a source reportedly confirmed with TMZ that the woman is not related to Kim Porter or Diddy. The statement continues that Mr. Cohn will take swift and immediate action to protect his family against these false claims. And despite uh, Cardi B's undeniable stardom, karma for past misgivings has caused the rapper to miss out on a huge opportunity, according to the star. The Bronx rapper revealed this week that her next major endeavor is a collaboration with the popular video game series Call of Duty, who will release Call of Duty Modern uh, Warfare 2 on October 22nd, fell through due to her recent court case over a 2018 assault that she was involved in. Uh, when another fan inquired about the possibility of rene- renegotiating the deal, the former Love and Hip Hop star said that it was too late. Cardi B pled uh, guilty to two misdemeanor charges on September 15, spe- uh, specifically uh, third-degree assault and reckless endangerment. The mother of two admitted to paying a friend $5,000 in 2018 to beat up two bartenders who were employed by a strip club in Queens. 
Thus, the Grammy winner has taken full accountability for the situation, was later sentenced to 15 days of community service in addition to being placed on a three-year order of protection. Cardi told TMZ, quote, I'm looking forward to moving past this situation with my family and friends and getting back to the things I love the most, music and my fans. Right now we have... uh, 23 after the hour. Uh, Coming up in the next half hour, we're going to be talking about SNL former cast member Chris Reed. Apparently there is a a report, a rumor going around that he's dating Kenan Thompson's ex-wife. I'll tell you the latest. Kodak Black continued to impress fans with his uh, philanthropist efforts. I'll tell you what he did. And... uh, the um the movie Don't Worry Darling has matter of fact has reached the number one spot as far as movies this week. That's the movie that's starring uh Harry Styles and the film by Olivia Wilde. I'll tell you what it uh what it uh earned at the box office. And uh Alec Baldwin said he may he may be named as a defendant in the fatal shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of his Rust of the movie Rust. And uh Tom Hanks might be the one of America's favorite leading men. But the two-time Oscar winner and four-time nominee only thinks a, ha- thinks, thinks a handful of his film are up to snub. All those stories and more coming up after the half hour, so don't you go anywhere.
Every Wednesday afternoon with your host Tammy Jones Gibbs, right here on Block Talk Radio. Right now, we got 30 minutes left remaining in the show. That was new music from Crush featuring Jay Hope and Rush Hour. Before we went to the music break, I was telling you about uh, SNL former castmate Chris Reed is reportedly dating Christina Evangeline, the ex-wife of his former Saturday Night Live co-star and close friend Kenan Thompson. TMZ reports that the rumored couple was recently spotted here in New York City with a newly formed pair reportedly beginning their relationship within the past year. It was also reported that there was no apparent signs of overlap or cheating. Furthermore, the Keenan co-star supposedly knew Evangeline through Thompson for six years as friends with no romantic feelings attached. Reed and Evangeline's new relationship arrived on the heel of the bust-down star announcing his departure from SNL. And while some people attempt to connect Christopher's departure from uh, SNL to his relationship with Thompson's ex-wife, TMZ reports that there isn't the uh, that isn't the case. Uh, instead, Chris has allegedly decided to leave the story comedy series due to a handful of projects he has on the horizon, including an HBO Max special and a project for Audible. Keenan and Christina's marriage began with the couple tying the knot on November 11, 2011, and had been going strong for 11 years. However, things went sour, and the comedian and model began living separate lives in 2019. Thompson would officially file for divorce on June 15, 2022. Kodak Black continues to impress fans with his philanthropic efforts. Uh, The ZZ rapper earned praise from many online users after he paid the rent of 28 families living in the Mary Place housing project in West Palm Beach who are about to get 
evicted. Many have since applauded Kodak for his generosity. This was not the first time Kodak gave back to his community. In July last year, he purchased 100 air-conditioned units that cost around $12,000 and delivered them to residents at the Golden Acres Project in Pompano Beach. And speaking of Florida, we are sending our praise and concerns over the our, our uh, families and friends in uh, Florida because now uh, Hurricane Ian has reached landfall. So we're uh, hoping and praying that they all be safe and sound. Um, Don't Worry Darling has one less thing to worry about following its first week of release in the United States. The movie proved that it has managed to survive ongoing drama and negative reviews as it opened atop the North American box office with a solid $19.2 million. Overseas, the second directorial feature film by Olivia Wilde took in $10.8 million for more than 60 markets for a global start of $30 million. The movie reportedly only cost around $35 million to produce. Starring Florence Pug and Harry Styles as a couple living in a utopian community called Victory, the psychological thriller was plagued with negative headlines about Wilde's rumor feud with her lead actress, Pub. Most recently, Wilde was supported by more than 40 crew members and executives at Warner Brothers who praised her work on the movie after it was reported that she and Pug got into a screaming match on the set. Elsewhere on the domestic chart, Avatar re-released debut at number three with approximately $10 million. The top-earning film of all time makes its return to theaters to drum up the release of its sequel, Avatar The Way of Water, in December. Last week, champion The Woman King is dethroned and falls to number two with an estimated $11.1 million. Barbarian falls two spots to number four with approximately $4.8 million, while Pearl also dropped two places to number five with an estimated $1.9 million. Alec Baldwin may be named a defendant in the fatal shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of his Rust film. The 64-year-old actor may soon face by prosecutors after he handed in his cell phone to be considered as evidence. Now, Baldwin was named in a letter sent by Santa Fe District Attorney Mary Carmack at Lee's asking for funding to prosecute the case. Mail Online reported on Monday, September the 26th, Rumor has it that the DA was ready to file charges against four people. She is said to have stopped short of confirming the charges she planned to bring, but reportedly added that she was certainly looking all the homicide statues and any gun statues under New Mexico criminal code. Her letter is said to read, quote, one of the possible defendants is well-known movie actor Alec Baldwin. Now, the uh, district attorney is said to have asked for 635000 to prosecute the case, saying she needed the money to go up against well-funded attorneys. Alex last month said he had lost five jobs since the Rust shooting. He added he would have quit the film business if it wasn't for the support of his wife, Hilaria Baldwin, who had just had their seventh child, a daughter named Alaria. Now, Alex has said if and when he does return to a movie or TV set, he will refuse to work with real guns and want to leave the creation of realistic pistols to digital effects. 
he also added that there's not a day that goes by he doesn't think about Hutchins and what happened the day she was shot last October. He has placed responsibility for the tragedy on Hannah Gutierrez Reed, who served as the armorer and prop assistant on Russ, as well as assistant director Dave Halls, said to be about 40, said to be 48 to 51 years old, who handed him the gun. Through their attorneys, Hannah and Dave accuse Alex of deflecting blame onto others. Tom Hanks might be one of America's favorite leading men, but the two-time Oscar winner and four-time nominee only thinks a handful of his films are up to snuff. The favorite Private Ryan and Forrest Gump star told people in an interview on Tuesday that he made a ton of movies and he is still amazed at how films come together. From a flicker of an idea to the flickering image on screen, the whole process is a miracle. Now, Hank also thought four of his movies were pretty good. Now, Hanks didn't name which film he had in mind. Among his beloved works that have been up for Best Picture, Academy Award are Apollo 13, The Green Mile, and Forrest Gump, which won. He also starred in five of Oscar-winning director uh, Steven Spielberg films, starting with Best Picture nominee for Saving Private Ryan in 1998, all the way through fellow Best Picture nom for The uh, Post in 2017. And a few months back, Whoopi Goldberg revealed that the next edition of the beloved Sister Act film franchise was in the works. Now Goldberg has expressed that we may see a co-star from the original film with her on screen again for Sister Act 3. Now, during the episode of The View, co-host Goldberg said that she would love to work with renowned actress Jennifer Lewis again for the pending movie. Lewis played a singer in Goldberg Girl Group in the 1992 film. Now, Lewis expressed how ready she is to begin filming the sequel set to be released through Disney+. Plus. The Hollywood star recipient actually revealed that it was her who taught Goldberg how to sing for her role as Dolores Van Cartier and Sister Mary Clarence in the movie. Sister Act premiered in 1992 about a lounge singer that is forced to become a nun after being placed in a witness protection program. Goldberg also starred in Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, which was released the following year. Sister Act 3 was announced in 2020. As reported before, Tim Federley is set to direct the sequel and also be uh, Matt Hurry Shekhar is going to be writing the script. No more details have been announced on the development of the film. And this year marks the 30th anniversary of Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner's romantic drama, The Bodyguard. To celebrate, Warner Brothers is re-releasing the film in theaters on Sunday, November 6th and Wednesday, November 9th. Last September, reports began to circulate about a remake of the movie after an onset of backlash there been no word on the status of the production. The Bodyguard soundtrack remains the best-selling soundtrack of all time, as well as the best-selling album by a woman in music history. In January, the album lead single Houston cover of I Will Always Love You gained diamond cert- cert- certification, um, marking the late singer's fourth record to surpass 10 million sales. Uh, To also uh, commemorate Houston's feature film debut, the re-release will uh, culminate with a music compilation honoring the late singer's legacy, and those interested in attending the two-day event can purchase tickets starting today, Wednesday, September 28th. 
Now, this announcement comes on the heels of the arrival of the I Want to Dance with Somebody trailer uh, that's directed by Casey Lemons and slated for release on December 21st. The biopic will explore the Whitney you never knew. And Kevin Feige, um, he has broken his silence on the MCU reluctance to recast the Black Panther after Chadwick Boseman's death. In an interview with Empire, the Marvel Studio president revealed why he was hesitant to begin an immediate search for the next Black Panther and cited a Stan Lee quote as a driving force. Uh, He said, quote, it just felt like it was much too soon to recast. Stan Lee always said that Marvel represents the world outside your window. Um, And we have talked about how as extraordinary and fantastical as our characters and stories are, there's a relatable and human element to everything we do, unquote. Now, Bozeman took the Marvel Cinematic Universe by storm with his debut appearance as Black Panther in 2016 Captain America's Civil War. From there, the late actor appeared in 2018's Avengers Infinity War and Black Panther and 2019 Avengers Endgame. The acclaimed actor suddenly passed away in August of 2020 due to complications from colon cancer. In an immediate shock, fans began to wonder whether Bozeman T'Challa would be recast or if the Black Panther mantle would be retired. The speculation eventually led to a popular petition spearheaded by fans asking Marvel to recast the late actor to honor both Bozeman and T'Challa. Now, Wakanda Forever, the sequel of the record-breaking Black Panther, premieres in theaters on November the 11th. And uh, actor Kadeem Hardison has opened up about the forthcoming White Men Can't Jump reboot, saying that he believes singer Jack Harlow would be perfect for the role of Billy Hoyle, originally played by Woody Harrelson. The, uh, a different role actor believed that the first-class artist could bring a different flair to the new project, being that he played bald and rap. That's what he told TMZ. As an original star from the 1992 film, uh, Hardison also mentioned who could play him in the flick, believing actor R.J. Siler could possibly play his character, Junior. The 57-year-old Dem Siler, the lightning with the bam-blam guy from Netflix, The Harder They Fall, Hardison did go on to say that his only hesitation in regards to the reboot is that it may be missing its original writer and director, Ron Shelton, which has yet to be confirmed. However, he says that he's waiting to see how it turns out. Uh, Hugh Jackman is suiting up and putting his Wolverine claws on again. On Tuesday, Jackman and Ryan Reynolds announced in a video posted to Twitter that Wolverine would be in the highly anticipated Deadpool 3. The role will be much larger than the cameo. That's what the source had told people. In the video announcement, Reynolds said that he has been digging deep over the years since 2018's Deadpool 2 to deliver another smash installment into the beloved Marvel franchise. Jackman shot into superstardom after playing Wolverine for the first time in 2000's X-Men. He would go on to play the Marvel character a title of nine times, including in James Mangold's 2017 gritty R-rated Logan. Since the character died in that film, it can be assumed that Deadpool 3 takes place prior, but just when exactly in any fan's guess. The film is due in theaters uh, September 6, 2024. And even though he has yet to appear in the Deadpool film, there has been plenty of references to both Jackman and Wolverine in Deadpool and its sequel. 
Reynolds and Jackman did appear together as the characters in 2009 X-Men Origin Wolverine, but that uh, it, uh, that had uh, led that um, the iteration of Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool, was vastly different from Reynolds' reincarnation of the character in 2016 record-breaking Deadpool. Former Disney CEO Bob Eager previously said there was no plans to tone down future Deadpool films after the 2019 Disney acquisition of 20th Century Studios. Meanwhile, Deadpool movie will continue to earn their R rating. Ironically, Logan and the two Deadpool films were the first R-rated content made available on Disney Plus earlier this year. Right now we have uh, 15 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take a music break, and I'll be back with the last remaining stories of the day. So don't you go anywhere. That was new music from Blackpink and Shut Down. Right now we got 13 minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories of the day, uh, Aiden Shaw is returning to Sex and the City for real this time. Sarah Jessica Parker confirmed on Tuesday that John Corbett will reprise his role as the hunky woodworker in Season 2 
of and that and just like that. News of Corbett's formal return to the uh, Sex in the City comes after he mistakenly claimed he'd been uh, he's been joining season one. Uh, in 2021, he told Page Six that he'll be seen as Aiden again. Of course, fans noticed that Corbett was nowhere to be found. Parker addressed this during an episode of Watch What Happened Live with Andy Cohen. Maybe Corbett manifested or the show creator noticed fans' appetite for Aiden's return. Season 1 saw Carrie grieve the death of longtime love Mr. Big, played by Chris North, after a heart attack. As Carrie began to date again, conversations surfaced online of decades-long debates over who Carrie should have ended up with in the end. For many, Aiden still stands as the man Carrie should have married. Deadline reported that Corbett will have a substantial multi-episode arc, though there's still no telling if Carrie and Aiden will get another shot at love. And just like that, Season 2 is currently in production. Season 1 is available to stream on HBO Max. Uh, Lena Waithe and Pharrell are bringing a roller skating comedy to HBO Max. Variety reported that Waithe, Hillman, Grad Production, and Williams, I Am Other are teaming up for an upcoming single-camera comedy entitled Rollin'. The new show will center on a young skater as she attempts to leave her past behind and start anew in Atlanta's rolling skating scene. Rolling will feature a ragtag rinks crew who find drive and deliverance on the hardwood at a skating rink known for its good music, food, vibes, and stellar stunts. The duo forthcoming series will be part of the 38-year-old overall deal with Warner Brothers. Hillman Grad Production was created in 2015 and has since become a force within the TV and film industry. Waste dedication to telling stories centered on marginalized communities and persons have made their storytelling redefining in the face of the status quo. The production house has churned out hits such as Showtime, The Shy, and the forthcoming BET Plus original dramedy, Birth of Cool. Netflix has uh, removed an LGBTQ tag from its latest Ryan Murphy-created true crime drama following widespread backlash. Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, tells the chilling story of one of the nation's most notorious serial killers who killed 17 men and boys, some as young as 14, between 1978 and 1991. Most of them were people of color. The series, which is currently Netflix's most watched show in the U.S. and several other countries, premiered on Friday. As some viewers pointed out on social media, Netflix used an LGBTQ tag to characterize the series. But shortly after it debuted, several Twitter users were quick to slam the streaming decision, pointing out that it was pretty gross for Netflix to list Dahmer under LGBTQ, especially when the uh, true crime tag would have worked, as Twitter users at Francis MF Dagger wrote. Now, while it's unclear when exactly Netflix dropped the LGBTQ tag, the streamer has apparently listened to the criticism and changed how it categorized the show. The 10-part series starring Evan Peters as the infamous killer is told from the point of view of the victims. And despite receiving a score of just 46% in the review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes, the show rose to the top of Variety's trending TV chart following its debut on Friday with more than 918,000 engagements on Twitter. Shortly after its premiere, Rose's of some victims took to social media to express anger at Netflix for having them relive such painful moments. Netflix said in synopsis that the series exposes these unconscionable crimes 
center around the undeserved victims and their communities impacted by the systemic racism and institutional failures of the police that allow one of America's most notorious serial killers to continue his murderous spree in plain sight for over a decade. Some critics, as well as other social media users, however, had criticized Netflix for the glorification of the Milwaukee murderer, calling out the streaming service for its sick retelling of events. The interview with the Vampire series at AMC has been renewed for Season 2 at AMC. The renewal comes ahead of the series premiere on October 2nd. The eight-episode second season will be set in Europe. Based on the Anne Rice novel of the same name, the series starred Jacob Anderson as Louis de Ponte de Luc, Sam Reed, and Bailey Bass, among others. Roland Jones adopted the book for television and serve as a showrunner and executive producer. Mark Johnson also executive produces and is overseeing the creation of the Anne Rice television universe for AMC under its overall deal with AMC Studios. Along with Jones and Johnson, Christopher Rice and the late Anne Rice also executive produce. Alan Taylor directed the first two episodes and also executive produces AMC Studios will produce. Interview with the Vampires, one of two shows AMC is currently working on based on Rice's work after acquiring the rights to the Vampire Chronicles and the Lives of the Mayfair Witches novels in 2020. And there's no weekend like Thanksgiving weekend. The pop superstar has announced a rescheduled day for the L.A. show. He recently had to call off mid-show, and he's added a second show on top of that one to end his tour with a two-night stand at SoFi Stadium. The rescheduled date for the concert that ground to an unexpected halt on September 3rd in Los Angeles has now been set for November 26th, the Saturday immediately following Thanksgiving. The newly added show will take place the following night, Sunday, November 27th. Tickets go on sale for the November 27th show this coming Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. As the November 26th show takes the place of the Scotch September appearance, no fresh tickets are being put on side for that, at least as of now. Now, ticket holders for the September 3rd show are being told their tickets will be transferred automatically for the replacement date. Anyone who held on to their tickets but can't make it, which could be a sizable fraction, uh, given the number of people who travel to visit family during Thanksgiving weekend, can request a refund up up till uh, October 27th. Altogether, the weekend will have played a total of three concerts at SoFi Stadium, including the just-added one. He successfully pulled off the first of two planned L.A. shows there on September 2nd. It was the second night, September 3rd, that gave him trouble. As he uh, brought the show to a close about 24 minutes in, just four songs into what is normally a 29-song set. That's when uh, the weekend had lost his voice. These two dates, which will both feature Katranada uh, uh, and Mike Dean as opening acts, will serve as the grand finale for the weekend's After Hour Till Dawn tour. The last dates on the tour prior to this announcement were September 22nd and 23rd in Toronto, and also representing a rescheduling after citywide technical uh, snafus caused his hometown opening earlier in the summer to be put off. Now, according to the artist rep, the weekend stadium tour has grossed $125 million over 20 sold-out dates. 
Nicki Minaj has added more accomplishments to her belt. The Trinidadian Femsey has broken more records as she became a trending topic on social media for her star-studded Rolling Loud set. On Sunday, September 25th, chart data reported that the super bass hitmaker became the first female rapper to earn a milestone uh, 10 number one hits at the U.S. Rhythmic Studio. Uh, the raptress, whose real name is Anika Tanya Mirage Petty, retweeted a post about her new earnings with three emojis, champagne glasses, toasting, a winky face, and a partying face. Now, a few minutes later, Chart Data posted an update about the 39-year-old raptress. New track, Super Freaky Girl, has now sold over 1 million units in the U.S. And... Um, Last week, Nikki also broke another record with the success of her latest single, Super Freaky Girl. A little over a month since its release, multiple reports confirm her new song became the fastest solo female rap song to accumulate 100 million streams on Spotify. The new streaming milestone underscored the immense success Nikki had experienced since its debut atop the Billboard Hot 100. The explosive new singer also gave the 39-year-old Grammy-winning artist her very first number one hit as a solo artist and the first chop-topping debut for any solo female rap artist since Lauryn Hill's 1998 single, Do Wop That Thing. Post Malone can't let his fans get upset. The I Fall Apart hitmaker has announced that he'll be back on stage after being hospitalized due to stabbing pain from his nasty fall after a terrible tumble on stage. Making use of his social media platform on Tuesday, September 27, the rock star rapper assured his fans that his 12-carat tour in Cleveland is moving ahead as planned. Malone returned to tour following his hospitalization after falling through an open trap door on the stage during his 12-carat tour stop in St. Louis earlier this month. In videos circulating online, the musician could be seen belting out his hit song, Circles, and was stomping down the stage ramp when he eventually missed the hole that his instrument had just been lowered into. A team of medics appeared on stage to aid his injuries for several minutes as fans lit up with confusion. After his fall caused a delay, Post returned to the stage. He later apologized to his fans. On the next day, uh, Post Malone turned to social media with an update. And as a result of the stabbing pain he was experiencing after the nasty fall, the nine-time Grammy nominee was forced to cancel his September 24th show in Boston. Maroon 5 proved that there's nothing that can hold them back. On Tuesday, September 27, the band announced on social media that they will host a 2023 Las Vegas residency called M5LV amid Adam Levine's cheating scandal. Um, Maroon 5 is currently set to perform at the Shaquille O'Neal Foundation annual fundraising gala. The event will take place on October 1st at the MGM Grand, and according to TMZ, the show will go on as planned regardless of the negative headlines about Adam. Sources claim there will be no red carpet at the event, so the group frontman won't be grilled by reporters. He's additionally set to move forward with other professional commitments he already made, including the Maroon 5 tour stops all over Asia through the end of the year, as well as one final New Year's Eve show in Palm Springs. And uh, in a new record, uh, it's a new record for Harry Styles, the pop superstar smash hit as it was recorded is 15 weeks atop the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart, making him the first British artist to have number one hits in the U.S. for that long. Elton John had two songs, Candle in the Wind and Something About the Way You Look Tonight, 
at number one in 1997, while fellow British artist Mark Ronson and Uptown Funk reached hit 14 weeks in 2015. As it was, becoming only the fourth song in the 64-year history of the chart to remain at number one for at least 15 weeks. The longest running belongs to Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus for Old Town Road, which achieved 19 weeks in the top spot in 2019. Also achieving a milestone in the Billboard chart was Blackpink, who became the first all-star group to have an album debut at number one since 2008. According to Variety, the newly released Born Pink is the Korean pop group's first album to top the Billboard 200 chart, 200 album chart. Well, that's going to do it for me for this week and next when we do it all over again, you've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibb. Have a great week. Make sure you stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care.